Hello, my fellow hemp nuts and cannabis enthusiasts. Welcome to the new Hemp Times podcast recorded at Gotham Studios, the sweetest smelling podcast studio in the world. Yeah. Today, we are joined. Uh, well, first of all, my name is Jehan Marku, and I'm in the studio here with the unapologetic sharecropper, Randy Cameroon Jr. Hey, hey, hey. Yay, Randy. We're also joined by our resident clinician, Dr. Jan Roberts, who's here to jansplain everything to us. Jansplain. And we're also joined by a very special guest, Bobby Cospaley, a cannabis investor working with an international pool of investors and also a pioneer in the field regarding women and the cannabis industry. Welcome to the show. Right. Bobby in the house. So happy yes. to be here. We are so happy to have you. Let's have some fun. Let's have some conversation. And Dr. J, jumping from the foul line, of course. <laughs> nice. And I'd like to remind everyone that today's podcast is brought to us by Madison Square Partners. This is a global company looking to leverage the endocannabinoid system for the well-being of our health and wellness. All right. Uh, take it away, Jen. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, listeners out there. As you know, here at New Hemp Times, we're always really concerned about making sure that as we set up the cannabis industry, that we're doing it in a very intentional way, working with people that we feel like deserve to be worked with because socially they're kind of on the same uh, platform as we are. And for us at New Hemp Times, we're not afraid of making money, but we want to do it the right way and have the right people. So today we are so excited. I am especially so excited because I'm a huge fan. Um, anyway, we have Bobby Paley here today, Bobby Cos Paley, and we're going to talk today about her role, what she does, and why she does that, and just really excited to kind of open it up. So welcome today, Bobby. I'm delighted to be here. Thank welcome. you so much. We're so excited yeah. to have you. And here. Randy, I should say mm-hmm. that Randy and I have known each other for what? For- a long, long time. 30 years? 30 years. Yeah. I can't wait to hear Upper stories. Upper West Siders. Hey. I, I, I want to hear stories about I, oh, you. At dinner. I, at dinner. I, at dinner. I, yeah. Uh, save for dinner. Let's have a fabulous interview. Perfect. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of talk to you today because as another female in the business, I have learned, I have never worked in an industry like this. And it's crazy because I worked in healthcare since I was in my 20s and um, really started owning my own businesses in my late 30s, early 40s. And so for me, coming into cannabis, I was a little kind of shocked about some of the cultural things about the cannabis business, namely that there are very few women out there. And so I'm curious how you got into the space and why you came into oh, the this cannabis is so space. so funny. <laughs> Randy, you will appreciate it. I know I will. <laughs> <laughs> my partner and my son, Jamie Cos and I were having supper in LA at um, Connie and Ted's and mm-hmm. Jamie's an East Coast boy. So of course there are lobster shells and oyster shells all over the table. We're finishing dinner and he says, mom, it's going to be legal cannabis. Mom, we've got to get into this business. Mom, I want to partner with you. Mom. I said, okay. <laughs> call the, all right. So I'm a real estate girl. Call the brokers. Let's find a building. I can buy a building in the arts district and you can cultivate and you know, we'll see how the market rolls out. Wow. Well, so we go look at buildings, go all over the arts district in downtown. And guess what? I'm an East Coast girl. I'm a real estate investor, but I had no um, 
I didn't have the ways of buying a building quickly in Los Angeles. It's a very different system. Right. And even though I've done lots of real estate deals, I never had to buy a building. So in trying to do it, I didn't have the legal team. I didn't have an accountant. I didn't have uh, the banking set up properly. So I, we ended up leasing. And Jamie started to grow 5,000 square feet. And in 14, 15, that was a lot of space. Yep. Wow. And he took, you know, converted warehouse. So he learned how to... Um, I don't know if you were talking to him then. I was talking to him before it. So, <laughs> so he, I was shocked when you guys got to that point. So he learned how to not only cultivate at the best quality, but he was learning yeah. how to recycle water. We were recycling 90% of our water. Yeah. We were reducing our power. He was playing with his babies in order to get a higher yield. One of the first investment we made when we went, when we joined ArcView was a company called Grosentia. You guys are going to have supper with the CEO tonight. Oh, good. And Grosentia, we we invested because we met him at the first Darkview meeting we went to, Greg Steinberg. And what Jamie said is he said to Greg, I love your product. He went over and hugged him in front of everybody, Steve D'Angelo mm. and just the whole Arcview crowd. Yeah. And he said, I love your product. I get a 30% yield. <laughs> and so that 30% extra... Mm -hmm. Enabled us to make a little money, to learn the business, mm -hmm. to go to ArcView, and to really understand the pieces of the business that we were interested in. So you've been in this how long then? Well, it'll be coming up to six years in um, November. Wow. Wow. I know. It's a long time. And for people who don't know what ArcView is, because not all of our listeners ArcView would. is an investment group. Uh -huh. And what um, you... If you're an accredited investor, you can join. We look at investments. We vet them very carefully um, through ArcView, and then they're presented to us. We have five meetings a year. And in these five meetings, you be, you build a family. Right. You build a knowledge base. You build a trusted compatriot base. So if I'm looking at this company and I don't know about this medical piece, I could call you, Jan, and you uh -huh. could help me. And I could call you, Randy, and mm -hmm. say. So that spirit of collaboration. ArcView is extraordinarily familial and yeah. collaborative in how we look at investments mm. and opportunities. And we don't all invest in the same companies. Right. Sometimes we don't invest at the first, but we have that. It's an intellectual infrastructure mm. base right. that ArcView enables us to mm. have and to use as our investment. And it's also an international group. So we can very quickly assess What's going on around the world? And if I know a scientist who's Christina Sanchez, for example, and her research mm -hmm. in Madrid, I've now introduced her to um, some researchers in Israel right. so that they can be collaborative. On yeah. And you've purpose. been very good at that. Jay yeah. What type of um, projects or companies um, does ArcView fund? Is it strictly cultivators and manufacturers? No. Or no, could someone say, "Of like, I have a hemp bicycle tire. Yes. You could... <laughs> I mean, how, where Jay had it's anything to do with cannabis, okay. and it what what we look for in companies that we actually bring to the stage or enable to um, present to us mm -hmm. is we want to make sure that they're making what they say they're making. We want them to be um, honorable in the industry. We okay. go through their numbers and their projections and so forth. So we're looking for companies that we think are of the highest standard. And mm. many of those companies you've heard about work and banks and med men and medicine men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and yeah. just a few other brand names around. So how do you use this platform in investing to um, impact the culture of cannabis? Well, for me, the things that are very important are the collaborative piece, the diversity piece, mm -hmm. and the female piece. I'm a woman. I've been in business all of my life. I'm a woman who's been in business all of my life. And I'm sick of the patriarchal society. <laughs> yeah. And I, when I walked into yeah. Arcview, I felt very comfortable and welcomed. But the thing that was extraordinary to me that took me two or three years to parse out right. in terms of attitude was that was a burning man culture. Yeah. You know, those are all people who came from the same mentality of Oakland and Burning Man. And, you know, it was wonderful, but it wasn't my culture. Right. So intuitively, the first thing I started to do was invite my friends to come to Arcview. And very quickly, Arcview gave me a lifetime membership because uh, I brought so many friends. Right. Were they female <laughs> friends? Of course they were female. They weren't all female. <laughs> right. They were just the best of the best in the world. Right. But there were a lot of females. And I kept saying right away, we have to have a woman's group. How do you think? So this wait, is, I'm, one, oh, I'm not okay. finished. <laughs> <laughs> got to finish it. You got to finish it. Yep. So I oh. said to Troy and Steve D'Angelo, who were the co-founders and who quickly became good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. Where are the women? We've got to have a woman on the board. We have to have women, more women. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, we weren't doing it. So I just started inviting a lot more women, making sure we had women sharks, making sure we had women um, presenting everywhere. We were hiring women at the top level. And then a few years ago, um, we were uh, given a little bit of budget. We had our first lunch at the Fairmont in Santa Monica. It was very elegant. It was one of the, it was outdoors on one of those perfect um, winter, summer days <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> and so we have now built a group of about 100 women. At our last lunch, we mm -hmm. had about 65 or 70. You know. And I, we're a power group. Yep. We are known as a difference. power group. You know, I, I'm fascinated by this because since I've been uh, in my teens, I've been, you know, I, I identify myself as a feminist and studied women's studies and really interested in the societal shifts that are going on. Right. And so you see this as a way to bring money because I think one of the things is, is that people don't understand that inclusion actually is a smart business decision, too. If you look at the numbers from, say, Catalyst, looking right. at big companies, the return on investment is, I think, 64% if you have a diverse board and you right. have three women, uh, if you have 30% well, women on your board. And we but no, no, no. It's not just the return on equity. It's the return on investment. Yeah. And it's the return on sales. They're all way above 50% when right. you have mm. diverse and women on your board mm. and your company and at every level. Right. It's a group, it's a kind of a group intelligence to determine what the market really is instead of a special segment. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And not only that, but what are we really doing? We're making, we're, we're doing the scientific inquiry to understand how to deliver high quality, low cost medicine to 7 billion people right. in the world. It's not America. That's right. Right. It's not Europe. Right. You know, it's everywhere. Mm. Right. And if we aren't responsible, we will fail just as we have systems that are failing in the world today. I mean, look at America, 50 different countries yep. weighing in on cannabis. It's nuts. Yep. Right. Right. That's right. Randy had something to say. 
Um, well, due to my short-term memory, I probably can't remember <laughs> it, but I can improv one. Um, God, well, boy. you know, just the relationship we I we yeah. go way back you as families Bobby. and and on the Upper West Side, and we are family. <laughs> um, so this is really I see the evolution of where. Um, Jamie and I are, and Jamie's one of my closest friends right. in life. And, and he does, he's like, a- he was one of the legendary reggae DJs in, in, in Los Angeles. And I, when I moved out there, I, Greer and I had just done HBO and uh-huh. I got a, uh, music record situation. And Jamie, I worked at his clubs performing for years and we became roommates and through the hard times and learning about plants and everything. Yeah. Um, and back then it was really speakeasy. Don't tell mom anything at too much. Um, uh, but mom's intuitive. Yeah, I know it's so intuitive. We it, to the point we weren't getting away with anything, you know, but I what what really uh, warms my heart about us being at this crossroads yeah. is um, brilliance of our mothers and uh, Jamie's mom is one of the leaders yeah. godmother you know godfather godmother so <laughs> she and she's really getting in my sister also who's a financial wizard so this is she's, great and turning you know into a family project huh? well, that's, yeah i love it that's the thing about um the cannabis business is there are so many families uh, in this business mm-hmm. i don't know if you notice that cute little blonde haired production assistant if he looks like anybody but he's mine <laughs> but you can borrow him if you like, if you like. i'm very I'm good at borrowing guy. other people's sons Kids. but he has to work he does go. yeah 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 but i do have a question because yeah. you know they joke jokingly say i jansplain everything and so that's the new topic but i think they need to hear a little bobby splaining on this one because as a woman the way we even interact as as females with businesses is very different. Our strategies are different. The way that we kind of we tend to be much more collaborative. We are very that. collaborative, right? And and so I, I find it fascinating. I, I mean, I obviously have my ideas about what it's like with having more female representation in the industry, especially when I, I think that you know it, it's under or under represented but i would like to know from your perspective if you feel that if you can see a change because more women are coming up or are we even there yet in the, in the cannabis business. in the cannabis business i yeah. think i think i've seen two waves i think so when i first came into this business women grow was one of the major organizations mm-hmm. in the u.s I went to all those meetings. I joined. I, actually, I joined for Jamie and I as a sponsor. Right. So we could go anywhere, any city. And he went in L.A. and I went here. And then I started hosting dinners for all the women. I wanted to gather. That's what I do to build businesses. Right. And, yeah, there was a collaborative spirit. And what was interesting to me, in New York, it was the women that were the drivers. They were making products. Who was that fabulous woman that made Badass chocolate or something. Badass oh. mommy chocolates. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know Jehan? I know there was Mary Jane for a while. No, um, but you can look it up. <laughs> well, it, a badass chocolate. It doesn't. <laughs> well, what happened? So it was she and many, many other people, and then I became very close friends with Jean Sullivan. We mm-hmm. met at that first meeting I went to, and Tahira and so forth. Um, so I think five years ago, four years ago. 
we were cooking and the industry was cooking. Mm -hmm. And every place, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, New York, was different. Mm -hmm. And what I saw happening, I saw as California began to come legal, as Jamie was saying to me, Mom, we have to get into business. Mom. I think there was a wave of people who started to go out to California mm. and a wave of people from Colorado who came, went out to California because they saw that was next. Right. And New York then was sort of left to the bankers. Yep. Oh. And I think that's where we are today. And then it's very interesting to me watch, to watch how we have doled out our licenses and who paid how much. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that Senator D'Amato was paid $150 a month for quite a bit. $150? $150,000 oh, okay. a month. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, I was <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. That's shorthand. That's the hookup. <laughs> so if he mm -hmm. were if he were hired for a year, that would be a million eight. That's serious. right. And who could who could afford that? Exactly. Well, and who got those licenses? It was really companies that um were exceedingly well funded. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's where Goldman Sachs and others were playing. And I think that has consistently gone through the second round of uh, applications. And I think we were all we're all on a, the third round. If that mm. happens, mm. it will happen. Yep. I think that we have a chance of breaking that mold mm -hmm. because we're working with a hospital. We're working with scientists. We're working with very experienced people. And we have and we have Randy Sprouts, which mm. I think is. Is is utterly extraordinary. And Brandy, you're an investor in Brooklyn Sprouts. I'm not. Not, you not never, yet. You never but asked we, me. Oh, don't worry. Surprise. <laughs> we will. Bobby, there's a reason you're here. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. You were probably wondering. But interestingly, six years ago, um, when Jamie got his first grow, uh, I was Skyponic farming, and the only person I could get a job from was the education system and teaching in the schools. And Jamie. You know, Jamie and I have been playing with with plants for years before that. And he was saying, you know, you're struggling to pay your rent doing this education thing. Why don't you come back out and, you know, do what we've always envisioned we would be doing? And I almost did it. I really did. Um, I wish I had known. I would have helped you do it. I really did. But what was interesting, I what what did help was Jamie said, you know what? Develop this market in New York. I'll send you equipment. I got my Lumigrow light hookup through him, LED hookup. A lot of the stuff that I'm running in New York um, was, you know, through through our brotherhood. So wow. It's, it's, so here's the second opportunity. Yep. Uh, we were talking about waves of women, but I want to jump to this mm -hmm. with your sprouts mm -hmm. and your science. I want to duplicate this. So yes. I, I want us to go to Massachusetts. I've been pushing. Uh, the Berkshires as being a global destination mm -hmm. for yep. cannabis because mm -hmm. we've now got uh, growers and uh, manufacturers and kitchens mm -hmm. right. and dispensaries. My town alone, which only has fifty nine hundred people, is giving oh. is giving fourteen licenses. Yep. And wow. they to and they told me that if we need more, because I'm looking at a mill to buy to redevelop with multi tenants, and they said if you need more, come to us. And I'm so, a resident. Okay. In Martha's Vineyard, so let's do it. Let's do it. Wait, I think I have, so. Wait, so when wait. you say multiple tenants, oh, if, like even healthcare providers. Well, if we bought wellness a, providers, if, if we bought a mill building, <laughs> and, yep, and exactly, let's, and let's say we had a dozen buildings there, That's then right. everybody gets. 
to do what to they do what want. They want. Right. It's yeah. just a, it's a mixed use campus, green wow. campus. Cool. It doesn't have to be the only way we operate, but yeah. I think this idea with your sprouts, mm-hmm. I definitely think we need to adapt it. Yep. And you know, yeah. I'm now very connected in Massachusetts, so there's lots of opportunity. See, this is the one thing I love about you because you can see that you have this grand vision yeah, in right. your mind. And and honestly, I would gar- almost guarantee that, God, this sounds so sexist coming from me, but it's not. I would You're guarantee that most men would be like, that. that's just crazy. You oh, need to no. be much more, you know, you need not to be able to. No, no, you find that you're encouraged with that grand Absolutely. vision. Absolutely. Wow. That's the wonderful thing about the cannabis business. Right. Mm-hmm. As I do have a grand vision and I'm very much a design thinker. So I'm not a numbers person. I'm, you know, when I do a deal, I'm an intuitive yeah. deal maker. I yep. don't study the numbers and yep. I don't do this and that, the other thing. Other people on my team do. But at the end of the day, I'm making a deal with people. I'm making a deal that is doable. Right. And I'm making a deal that has honor and that can be um, integrity. Re- well, yeah. Integrity. That's all we have in our life yeah. and in that's our right. business. So, but in cannabis, I'm finding that this collaboration, I don't have people say to me, no, you can't do that. I just seek out the people who can't wait to do it with me. Mm-hmm. And that's Amen. What, so we talked about women. We talked about how I gathered women in the beginning. We talked about um, Orcview. Now I have an international women's group that we started in Israel, but is your um, is European yeah. and American women. And that's a power group. And these by providing these power groups, I think we we say to the industry, we're here. We're diverse and we need to be together. That's right. I love that. This is not pale, male, and And we have power. I have power. You have power. You have power. And Jahan, you have power. And what I do (laughs) is I unite that. Mm -hmm. I take that power and focus it on what the objective or the company is doing or the NGO or whatever so that we get it done. And then I do another thing that I think is the way women operate. I'm um, at the moment I'm taking my investments and I'm uh, joining them together. Cross pollinating right. is what I call. Right. And I'm doing this now, not just in my investments, but I'm doing this in the next wave of what I'm going to do. Right. Um, you know, I've made all these investments. I've been invited on the board of a public company. Um, I have an international presence. I get invited around the world to speak yeah. and to do things and, and to join projects. So I think now the opportunity is to have this. Uh, you'll meet Greg Steinberg tonight. We're looking at a group of international companies, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, science and innovation coming out of Israel. And how can we put them together? In a pie? how do we bake this pie mm-hmm. so that it comes out much larger? Absolutely. And then, do we need to raise a fund to do these things? Because our cannabis honey, that is um, where we feed a. a Mixture to the bees that yep. is not infused goes into the beverages that we're making and it goes into this other scientific thing that we're doing. So it's right. not just products, but it's science, it's innovation, it's technology. And for me, it's women, their companies and their products as well. well you know, t- looking at my experience and, and <laughs> I would, the way I'm, I'm naturally a loyal person and I believe in replicating success and where you found it. So my opportunities that have come in the past 10 years have always come through 
a relationship I've built and talent that a, a woman has recognized in what I'm doing. Wow. So Lorraine Brown, God bless your heart, Interfaith Hospital. No one would give Brooklyn Sprout a chance until she came in power and saved five failing hospitals. Five wow. fail. And then she put us on. Israel, Corinne from God bless her heart, who invented the Eddy, which is a, a remote control water system that changed the hydroponic game and is, and the, the offer family. Only hydroponic first deal I got came from Israel. Wow. The offer family? I know Lee, them well. You know Lee. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is Lee. like a who's who today of people. Right. It's almost like a family reunion. So Lee got like me. Who knows who? Right. Bought right, the first greenhouse yep. that we had. I, so I, I'm curious, like, obviously you're trying to align yourself with Barry. It sounds like you're aligning yourself intentionally. Of course. So always. do you feel like you've had a calling in a sense to kind of make a difference in this business? Or? That's what I do in life. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. I do is making change in society. Mm-hmm. So what's influenced you? My mother and my grandmother. How did they do that? My mother wasn't a professional woman, but mm-hmm. she was a professional woman. Yeah. My grandmother, when I was five, I think you read that article. <laughs> um, yes. I remember we were living in Washington, D.C., and, um, and my grandmother used to come down very often on the train. So she's down. My mother and grandmother were all, and I'm sitting on my grandmother's lap. I'm about five, maybe uh, kindergarten. And my, and they're talking about their stock investments, the stock market. They're each investors, my mother and my grandmother. And that was so impressive to me. Did you say they started with like a hundred dollars or something like that? Or there was something in the article in Forbes. Yes. My mother, yes. In Forbes, my mother, um, inherited $10,000 from her father. And at that time, that was quite a bit of money. money. Yeah. Probably be a million dollars today. In any case, I was going off to university. Well, let's see. He was, I was 14. Okay. So she took that money and she made uh, several million dollars in her investments over a period of time, not Mm -hmm. all at once. And that was very influential. And when I went off to um, Austin University for university, I had worked in the summer and I worked in the next couple of summers and I took advice from my mother and my grandmother on stock. And that's what I invested my money in. You know, imagine I was only 18 or 19 when I did that. But when I was 20, I cashed that stock in and I went to Europe by myself for eight weeks. (laughs) And, you know, Hmm. my mother said to me, don't you want to wait until you're married? I said, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, you would have Wait. probably had as much fun. Where did you go in Europe? <laughs> so I landed in Stockholm. Uh, no, I landed in Amsterdam. And um, mm-hmm. then- my favorite place to land when going <laughs> to Europe as well. <laughs> sort of recharge after the flight. And- <laughs> well, there, there, was yeah. not, there was not cannabis at that time. Oh, oh. Oh. It was coffee. And chocolate. So. <laughs> yeah. Could and you tulips. still get uh, yeah. Cuban cigars there at that time? Because they, they have all sorts of... Darling, I was 20. What would I do with a Cuban cigar? <laughs> and smuggle them back to the U.S.? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What else do you do with them? <laughs> I, I don't do that. <laughs> so I didn't do that. Mm. But what um, I did is I went to all the churches and all the art galleries. Nice. So beautiful. All the museums. And I, you know, I was always interested in in art. And this really made me realize that contemporary art was going to always be mm-hmm. part of my life. And I came back 
and said to my advisor, I want to um, collect sculpture. What? So MoMA offered me an um, internship, and but I thought that was, I don't know, still bureaucratic at that time, and it was a long time oh. ago. So I opened up a gallery. I, first, I went to, I finished get university. I went to South Africa and got married. My husband had been a Fulbright at Harvard in psychiatry. We lived there for a year and a half. We toured, traveled through the East Coast of Africa and then through Europe for six months and came back and I opened a gallery. Wow. So the answer to your question is yes. I've always been a major champion of women and I think that's um, familial. Yes. My, you know, my father was a great champion of talented women in his uh, science laboratory and his physics. And if anybody saw hidden figures, you know, those brilliant women mathematicians, mm-hmm. yes. they worked for my father too. I knew wow. those women. I mean, emotionally, I knew those women. Yeah. There was Welther and there was Catherine and there was JD. And those women, I started working for my father in his science lab when I was 13 and 14. So they raised me in the business, in the, in the laboratory. As in a the strong female. Piece. So that was your... Not as a strong female, but I was, one of my tasks was to write the quality control manual. <laughs> and daddy would, daddy's company was sole supplier to NATO and the, the capacitors and resistors were going into the Apollo space <laughs> program and the, um, 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 Polaris submarine. Wow. So, you know, that quality control manual, yes. I couldn't fuck it up. Right. I had yeah. to do it right. Yeah. So Welfa made sure. sure. There were 12, there were 12 PhDs that had worked for my father at national research labs in uh, national naval research labs when he was doing the um, radio direction finder, which is, you know, what led to GPS. And so then he, he left after the war and after 51 and we moved to New Jersey and he bought this laboratory. And so these women that worked for him and the 12 PhDs, he and my mother persuaded the, um, uh, all their families and this, and the scientists to come to New Jersey for wow. this. So I was sort of raised in this cauldron of women who were in on the shop floor doing the heavy lifting, so to speak, mm. the scientists in their office. But I was just 13 and 14, so I could go anywhere. And I did. And I've always done that. I never was shy about opening doors or knocking or asking or this or that. Oh, being wow. nosy. <laughs> I was very nosy. I didn't unlock. <laughs> I, you know, I nosed around where I probably shouldn't have, but that's why, that's who I am. And that's where I am. And that's why the cannabis business is so interesting to me. I'm curious and curiosity in this market at Mm -hmm. this moment is a very vital tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you're a passionate member of a fan of the arts. You, you grew up in a science household, you know, cannabis Suffers science and culture. Science and culture. And so cannabis suffers from a lot of stigma and there's even a sort of culture around the workplaces. I guess my question would be, what what do you think are the most promising trends to seeing changes in the cannabis industry? As someone who is an agent of change, is it the seeing more diversity in the workplace? Is it seeing the the breadth of services? I think the agent of change, if we look at the last five years Mm. and we look at the extraordinary amount publicity and money and products and friends and family and even people we don't like mm-hmm. who've come into this business. I think it's been a revolution of attitude, of change, of products. How many of us at this table have had some fabulous product in the mm-hmm. last week? We didn't have that five years ago. Yeah. So we're, we're monetizing a new asset class in a way that represents 
something for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, the vape pen that we just looked at, the tablet that any of us might have taken today, the the smoke we might have after dinner. Right. And then this plethora of fabulous science-based, technology-based mm -hmm. products. Is there this a is the change. This is the opportunity. And mm -hmm. if you look at the Pew report, 72% of the country, maybe it's 75% today, mm -hmm. live in a state that has some right. form of cannabis. Right. And so there has been an intergenerational change of, of thinking and opportunity for all of us. I love that you are out of the closet about your own use, because oftentimes, even within the industry, I was shocked to hear a CEO, he's actually an editor of a very well-known um, cannabis lifestyle magazine who said he never wanted his kids to know that he was using. And I thought that was so hypocritical because I think that magazine. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that, trust me, that was my reaction too. I'm not but, giving it to anybody. Either. But, but to me, that was that internalized stigma. So yeah. I, I think it's so important that here you are a very high functioning woman who is a deal maker, an investor, you're very active and you're breaking the stigma by coming out to talk about that. You so know, that they're I'm breaking the stigma by using it and yeah. using it publicly and working very hard to see that everybody else has access right. to high quality, low cost products and it. medicine. One of, one of the, the, again, you know, it's because of our personal background um, and now hearing your story growing up and seeing that in Jamie and knowing what Jamie and I went, for, went through just to explain some detail in this. Um, Jamie and I have a great, affinity. Um, part of my family background is West Indian, but we thoroughly immersed ourselves in West Indian culture. Um, and that's a place where uh, there was no shame in cannabis usage. And there was uh, a lot of, uh, you know, homeopathic um, uh, usage through the elders. And I think one of the things that Jamie and I made us so tight, like a lot of Upper West Side boys did, because we were in each other's houses all the time. Mm -hmm, right. So these are Jewish, Black, and Puerto Rican kids mostly that lived in each other's houses. And I think what we're in talking it, about... In, in and out of in, the kitchen, the that's dining right. room table. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the study, the library. That's right. Yeah. We, had, uh, we were the true melting pot. And... It was inclusive of everybody and um, that appreciation for culture um, is what is prevailing right now in terms of folks like Jamie and I and being leaders in and and in what Bobby just said and recognizing talent and all different folks. Um, that was natural where we came from. Wonderful. Well, I think what you're saying that's really interesting is that. The diversity that we all shared growing up, mm -hmm. you know, Jamie's father's South African. Mm -hmm. We took him to South Africa virtually every year. Mm -hmm. um, Gabe, Jamie's father's um, number one person in his hospital operation, which is um, Lincoln Hospital, was uh, Dr. Preston, who um, was black and an athlete and fabulous. And he, too, was, you know, like Gabe and... Um, Gabe, Jamie's father, mm -hmm. and um, Preston were like brothers. We all went to South Africa together for the Masters Games right. where Gabe and Preston performed. So I think 
this feeling that you're describing, you know, it's very interesting to me, Randy. I never thought about it. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you take in the people you like yep. and you go back and forth and share. Yep. And, you know, you're, uh, for me, the dinner table is the metaphor for yeah. how you share. Yeah. And that's, that's how you do it. You yep. don't think about, it's just, wow. do you like this person? Do you trust this person? That's right. Is there integrity? That's the acid test. That's right. It's not where you come from or what your color is. Or that's right. That, because yeah. if you don't have this diversity, what have you got? What do you have? You don't have a life. You don't right. have a business. And it's certainly no fun. Yep. Right. Hail, mail, and stale. Goodbye. Yep. Would you have any advice for people coming from other countries? You know, we, we, we've met people from China, from Europe, uh, who are coming to the U.S. looking either to start a cannabis company or invest in one. Uh, is there something, you, you know, some wisdom you'd pass on to them or suggest that they educate themselves about? Yes, or? Join, join a group. Join a group. If you're invested, if you're investing, join ArcView or another group. If you're looking to find out what's going on, go to High New York. Go to um, uh, our local speakeasies to mm-hmm. meet people. There are many, many ways to right. gather in every, every city in yeah. which right. oh. you are. And my recommendation is find yourself a passel of people that you like mm-hmm. and that you can learn with and share with, invest with, grow with, make with. I mean, your business it's with, beautiful. with I like that. Jamie, mm-hmm. that really grew out of the fact that you kids, you know, just played together, yep. got into trouble together, yep. made mischief together. I'll never forget your throwing water out of the sixth floor. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you hit? <laughs> oh, and my God. Who didn't we hit with those water bombs? We're, oh, we're my God. Of, we're kind of running out of time here, and I hate that because this is so good, but we have to have you back. So I'm hoping you will uh, let us have you back. But Be before – before we even get, uh, we start finalizing everything, Jahan just asked you that great question about people from other countries. Would you say the same thing or would there be any nuances was, if it was for a woman who was that, a business that is owner? My, that's my advice. Find a group where you feel comfortable, where there are like-minded people, mm-hmm. where you can share your information, share your talents, find other talents, mm-hmm. figure out what the opportunity is. You can't do it alone. This business is a very complex business. It is. I was speaking at the Cannabis Society last yesterday, and Jeff Finkel, who ran our panel, was, was saying that he sees this as 12 different businesses that have now, um, uh, you know. He can relate. As, yeah. As, yeah. as yeah. this mushroom yeah. of yeah. cannabis has risen and for our listeners tell us a little bit about the cannabis society i assume this is for business leaders and other people to get together and discuss opportunities yeah, and news it's a guy named bill hennessy out of toronto mm-hmm. who's put together the cannabis society and he's hosting dinners and conferences all over the world which is very impressive to me um i've spoken at three and hosted a dinner in my apartment yeah we were One. there that's right. Yeah. 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 So what I'm finding is that he he is very artful in bringing in investors and makers um, in a small setting where you can really get to know what people are doing and figure out if there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to Great. advance what you're doing. And those kinds of small conferences are also fabulous for people coming from yeah. other places. And yes, yesterday there were some a couple of people from Germany, Japan. Uh, China, yeah. Somebody from a couple of people from South America. Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I remember that dinner. I was very struck by it because you have this, you know, you're in someone's home, which, you know, if you travel a lot for conferences and stuff, it's really a treat to be in an actual house <laughs> and, and hanging out with people. And especially that apartment, especially that apartment. But <laughs> there are also the, the everyone got quiet and the people who were representing businesses with products looking for investment actually had their packaging. They had this sort of formal yet informal discussion about their mm -hmm. products. And it was really kind of nice. It was kind of like show and tell. Everyone's in this big circle passing around these different packaging, these different devices, breaking into groups to discuss it. But, you I know, think, yeah. and you and I, we've talked about it even on the show. We've talked about how we think that cannabis has become like this inclusive piece. In fact, we came up with a word, Bobby. We called it canna inclusion. Oh, I love it. And, and because cannabis has this way of bringing people from all different countries, backgrounds, perspectives even and bringing them together and and it's really kind of one of the coolest things mm -hmm. i've ever seen but anyway so we are wrapping up and sometimes we ask our guests this and no pressure i don't, don't mean really. to no put pressure. some pressure on you oh, right. now but you another one. <laughs> i know i know so we like mind munchies around here basically that's food for thought and we call them mind munchies. So sometimes we like to leave our listeners kind of a little mind munchie at the end of the day, a little food for thought. And would you have a mind munchie for our listeners? My thinking is that we're on the Hemp Times show that hemp and uh, CBD are going to have a fabulous five-year run. Mm. And while that five-year run invades the world and hopefully gives everybody some medicine. Mm -hmm. We, on the science and innovation and technology side, are going to use the other 499 molecules and the thousands <laughs> of terpenes and mix them up and be able to figure out the dosage and the ailment or the disease and deal with it in a way that the next wave will be products yeah. that are personalized, are dedicated to mm. you. And whether it's a medicine product or a personal product like our honey, it's going to be wonderful. Brilliant. That is incredible. So again, thank you again, uh, Bobby Cospaley, for being here at the yes. New Hemp Times and my co-hosts, Randy and Jay Han. And this is Jan Roberts. And thank you so much, guys, for listening. Have a great day. Great Adventure. day. Goodbye. Goodbye.